From COK Studios in Kurt Anderson's Breakfast Nook, this is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Mata Magolis. On today's show, we'll consider social guidelines and etiquette with regard to the LGBT community. We'll also consider some springtime weeding material with Lynn Wuffle in our Book Look segment. And we'll consider Who Are You? I Really Want to Know. Stay with us. Support for Consider Our Knowledge comes from the Old Town Playhouse, now showing the German Tony Award-winning musical Hairs and Fräuleins, featuring the hit song Luck Be a Leapchen. Visit otp.org for tickets. And Smeat, the new processed canned meat made from all sorts of high-quality meat remnants. Good for lunch, dinner, or any time in between. You'll love this meat. This is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Mata Magolis. The Washington Post launched a new advice column called Civilities last week in an attempt to help address the concerns of straight people when interacting with gay people. This column is the brainchild of Stephen Petwo, author of the 1995 bestseller, The Essential Book of Gay Manners and Etiquette. He's been answering questions for years from LGBT and straight people alike about perplexing social situations. Mr. Petro appeared as a guest on All Things Considered last week to take questions from people who were curious about LGBT straight etiquette. We thought our listeners might find it useful to do something similar on Consider Our Knowledge, so we've invited our very own LGBT correspondent, Twevin Motley, to take social etiquette questions from listeners. Hello, Twevin. Good to be back. First of all, what do you think of the idea of Mr. Petro's new column? I think it's a great idea. Lots of well-meaning people have said really dumb and insensitive things to me over the years, so a column like this could be very helpful. Okay, well, let's take our first question then. It comes in an email from Dirk. He writes, I'm a gay man and intend to propose to my boyfriend this summer, and I'm not sure what to do about unsupportive family members. I'm not sure if I should send an invitation or just let them hear about it from other more supportive family members. What should I do? Well, Dirk, I think it's important to consider who these family members are. Having been involved in so many gay weddings in the last few months, I know how hard it can be to deal with people who have a hard time recognizing and celebrating your love. What do you mean, consider who these family members are? Well, if they're wealthy relatives who you might be able to get a nice gift from, I say invite them, even if they aren't supportive. I know I could handle a little eye-rolling from a bigoted old aunt if I knew she was going to get me some high-thread-count Egyptian cotton sheets or a pottery barn love seat. I say leave the unsupportive people off your list entirely. Unless they've been known to give good gifts. Otherwise, they can stick it. Okay. Next, we have a caller named Patwick on the line from Grand Wapids. Hello, Patwick. Hey, I'm straight, but I've got a bunch of gay dude friends who refer to each other as her and she in a joking way. I called my friend Stefan she the other night, and he got mad. Why? Oh my god, Patrick, are you kidding? You might as well have called a black man the N-word. Never call a gay man her or she. Those are our feminine pronouns, and only we get to use them with each other. I'm surprised he didn't even slap you. He threw his appletini in my face. Well, I hope you've learned your lesson. Yeah, I did. I apologize, and now we're okay. That's good. Thanks for your call. 
Are there any other words straight people should avoid using around their gay friends? Yes. Queer, homo, bitch, dyke, Nancy, Barry, Flamer, and brunch. All right. We have one more call from Tina in Orange County. Yes. Hi. I have a hard time responding to questions about my gay son's love life. When the question comes up, who is your son dating these days? I always feel a little uncomfortable on how to respond to that. Can you shed any light on that for me? Yeah, Trevin, what advice do you have for Tina? Well, I guess I'd say that you should just make sure that your son has come out to everyone before you go telling anyone who asks about his love life. It's nice that you care about your son's love life, but actually it's none of your business, Tina. I think it is. I just want my son to be happy. Why can't he just find a nice boy and settle down like his brothers? Maybe he doesn't want to. Maybe he's happy living the lifestyle he's living. Or maybe he just hasn't found anyone who is worth his time. Well, I'd like to have some grandchildren someday, Trevin. Well, maybe I don't even want kids, Mother. Seriously, I'm at work right now. I'm sorry, honey. I just, I'm just worried about you. And you know it's so much easier to adopt if you're in a loving, committed relationship. I'm not doing this now. I will call you later. Have fun doing your little radio show, sweetie. Thank you for the call, Tina. Whatever, my mom just can't get over the fact that I'm happy being single. Sounds like you've got some things to discuss. Twevin, thanks for coming by. You're welcome, Marta. Now it's time to talk reading. We're welcoming back Lynn Ruffle for another edition of Book Look. Good to see you, Lynn. It's nice to be back, Connor. So, Lynn, you've got some books to recommend for people's springtime reading lists. Yes, I do. There's a lot of great books out there right now. The first one I'm recommending today is The Storied Life of A.J. Fickery by Gabrielle Zevin, when his most prized possession, a rare collection of poems by Edgar Allan Poe, is stolen. Bookstore owner A.J. Fickery begins isolating himself from his friends, family, and associates before receiving a mysterious package that compels him to remake his life. Well, that sounds like it'd be right up your alley. It absolutely was. This book is perfect for any bibliophile because it really delves into the world of books and bookstores. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed the story and the character of A.J. His love of Poe made him very endearing to me. I bet it did. I have to say that this book took me back to my youth when I would spend days in libraries and secondhand bookshops just looking at, smelling, touching, and tasting old books and rubbing them up against my body. Those were the best days of my life, Connor. The halcyon days, if you will. I see. Next up, we have Malcolm Gladwell's latest book, David and Goliath. Now, I'm sure our listeners will be very excited about this one. Yeah, it was okay, I guess. Well, what was the problem? Well, frankly, I'm getting a little bored with Malcolm Gladwell. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Lynn, because I've always been fascinated by his books and how they illuminate so many things. Don't you think he's a little too articulate and good at exposing the reasons behind the way things are? It's honestly kind of off-putting to me. I just feel like he's making it up as he goes along. Nobody could figure all that stuff out on their own. Maybe I'm just an outlier, Connor, but reading David and Goliath was a tipping point for me in my dislike for Mr. Gladwell. That's too bad. Besides, have you seen his hair? It's ridiculous. I just can't take anybody with a giant weird afro seriously, Connor. Fair enough, Lynn. Do you have anything else for us today? Yes. My final book this time is a long-lost work by William Shakespeare. It's called The Empire Striketh Back. That sounds like fun. Yes, 
It is. There are also two other stories in the saga, Verily a New Hope and The Jedi Doth Returneth. I know. I was frankly shocked to find out that Shakespeare had the forethought to create an epic science fiction trilogy back in the 17th century. He was even more ahead of his time than I thought. I mean, droids and spaceships and Death Stars? It's amazing what that man did. What? George Lucas just ripped him off. It's so sad, too, because the original Star Wars plays are probably Shakespeare's best work. I think they make Hamlet look like crap. Darth Vader is such a compelling villain. He's so much darker and more nuanced than Richard III. And Romeo and Juliet are just two teenagers playing footsie compared with Han and Leia. I just loved everything about it. Lynn, it's just a joke. Someone has just written the Star Wars movies as if they were Shakespearean plays. Shakespeare didn't really conceive of Star Wars or Darth Vader or the Jedi. It's just a fun reimagining of the stories. <laughs> sure, Connor. That's what they want you to think. Well, thanks for coming by, Lynn. Anytime. That was Book Look with Lynn Ruffle. That's all for this episode of Consider Our Knowledge. If you'd like more stories and news from the best-looking news team in public radio, you can always go to our website, considerourknowledge.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Consider Our Know, or you can subscribe to the podcast at iTunes and at Stitcher.com. We've got lots of options, so consider one or all of them. Thanks for listening. I'm Connor Bentley. Maybe he doesn't want to. Maybe he's happy living his lifestyle. He's living in his life. (laughs) The style. Whatever makes you happy.